Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with bassist Ben Wanaker. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello, and welcome back to San Diego Sessions. Uh, this is big episode number 30, and uh, I'm your host, Ed Kornhauser, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Ian Tordella. And we're here today with, as uh, my fellow host said earlier, bassist Ben Wanaker. Hello. Good afternoon. Welcome to Dirty Boulevard Recording Studios. Is that at all in reference to the Lou Reed recording? Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, It is? No, Nobody else knew Knowledge that. Knowledge yeah. drop. All right. Mic drop. Boom. Yeah. I did Episode not know that. 30. It's both, <laughs> well, it's yeah. both Lou Reed and uh, El Cajon Boulevard was the original studio location. Right. That's the only reference mm. I knew. I did not know it was a double reference. Yeah. Lou Reed, New York, that, that album. Wow. Okay, There's cool. Tune. Before your time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Going deep into the 80s. Cool. Okay. Today, I, well, today I learned. Huh. <laughs> Well, before we get into Ben's music, I have our usual segment, some exciting and pressing issues and questions for Ed Kornhauser. Oh, excite and press away. This is called This Versus That. These are two musicians, and Ed will have to pick one and only one. All right. First up, uh, bassist Marcus Miller versus trumpet player Marcus Printup. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to say Belgrave. Um, oh, there's that too. Yeah. I was all set to say Belgrave. Now I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Marcus Printup of the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. I don't want to diminish, diminish uh, Marcus Miller's you know, contribution to the world of electric bass, but I think for personal taste, I'm going to go with Marcus Printup. Oh, man. I know. But Marcus Printup never played with Luther Vandross. It's true. <laughs> this is true. I love Luther. Uh, I'm still going I with demand him. you rescind your answer. Oh, wow. Is, it, it's a, it's a, is this an autocracy? <laughs> is this just like which musician you like better? or It's, which, it's whatever. Because what if it's like who's going to cook you dinner? Oh, yeah. Then you have an entirely different set of parameters you got to look at. I would much rather have Marcus Miller cook me dinner. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, there are a lot of, there's a history of a lot of bass players being good cooks. Apparently, really? Ray Brown was. Wow. So, therefore, by association, I'm just going to assume that all Marcus bases- Miller is a great cook. Right. I know. I'm, I'm here for that <laughs> logic. I'm here for it. Okay, next up, this is a Melvin question. Uh, hard bop and soul jazz guitarist Melvin Sparks versus longtime member of the Brian Blade Fellowship. Melvin Butler, saxophonist. Ooh. Melvin I th- Butler. I thought you were going to go with Mel Ryan, organist, but no. Uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, great jazz organ player. Really <laughs> great. Really, really wonderful. Um, so Melvin Sparks. Or Sorry, I confused myself. Melvin Sparks versus Melvin Butler. I mean, I love Melvin Sparks. I've been listening to so much Brian Blade Fellowship Band recently. I really, really love that 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 vibe that they create. Um, kind of blends in like Americana with jazz, with a whole bunch of other things, folk and gospel music. I'm gonna go with uh, with oh shoot, I can't. I I know that the <laughs> rats. Melvin oh, Butler. Melvin Butler. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, so forgive me. I didn't know his name, but I, I have been listening to the Brian Blade Fellowship Band a lot. Uh, I guess I don't know everyone else. No one. Ugh. Who plays piano in that band? I don't know who. Quiz. I don't know who plays oh, in that man. band. John Cowherd. Oh, right. He's the wow. only piano player with a cow name. I know Rosenwinkel played, played or plays with them. 
played? Played. Yeah. Played. Right. I don't know the members of the band very well. I just like the, the vibe a lot. You're a victim of the iPod era. All right. You don't you need to read read the liner notes, man. R T F L N. Or just <laughs> never read them. Or never yeah. read them. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. this is a special special one just for Ed. Okay. Uh iconic West Coast bassist. Originally got his start in Austin, Texas, but now is in the Baltimore area, Hamilton Price, versus okay. vocalist from Ed's favorite group, Lake Street Dive, Rachel Price. Oh, boy, that's tough. I'm going with Vincent Price. <laughs> in choice. <laughs> Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> you can't get out of this. You have to pick one. Wow, that's a tough one. That's a tough corner to paint me into. Uh... I can't decide. I mean, they're both. I I really love them both. I love Lake Street Dive. I've been a fan for for years. I've seen them three times, and each time their audience and venue got slightly bigger. So it's been kind of cool to watch them grow. And Rachel is amazing. Bridget, the bass player, is incredible. Um, I love that even when the guy's playing trumpet, there's three part harmony, and then if he takes the trumpet out, there's four part harmony. You know, so it it sound they sound so full just as four people. Are they local San Diego band? No, no, no. They're they're based out of Brooklyn, right? Yeah. New York. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're, right. uh, they're kind of a retro soul rock band. Two guys, two girls. Um, uh, Rachel's an amazing singer. But of course, Hamilton Price is a. I'm going Rachel Price. I'm sorry. I love Hamilton Price, though. But he's been through basic training also. So he could probably like save your life with a tourniquet. Whereas like through... Rachel would leave you to die. True. You might be. Wait, he's been through basic training? Isn't he? I think he yeah, was he's in, in the. He's in a. One of the service bands. Yes. Airman of Note? The Jazz Ambassadors. Uh, he He's got in the Jazz really Ambassadors. Gigs, I think. What, are, yeah. what, what service branch are they? That's the... Uh, Ooh, we're about to get... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the Navy. I think that's the Navy. That's it's a heavy military town. You better get that right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we're going to have to cut all this out. <laughs> all right. That was this versus that. But again, we're here with bassist Ben Wanaker, and we're going to get into one of his original compositions. This one is called... 13 Vans.
And we're back. And that was 13 Vans from our guest Ben Wanaker's album, The Excluded Middle. And uh, as I believe uh, you said in an earlier text to me, that was the obligatory jazz pun of the album. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, are there any others? No, that is the only one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just not to get too shop talky, but that would be a, that tune would be what we call a contrafact. So it is a the chord changes in form of a very popular tune called Caravan. Did you think of it as in thirteen or seven and six or four three three and three? Uh, definitely, I hearing it as seven and six. Okay, yeah. Um, but the the kind of interesting thing about that is the bass line from that I stole from my friend in high school. Oh wow, Ara Hakopian. Very talented musician. Uh, doesn't didn't go on to really play jazz, but he's he's still a great musician. But he came up with that in high school over Caravan. I mean, it wasn't in thirteen. Huh. But I always thought that was such a badass line. He's just starting that diminished thing on G, and it's like bomb, 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 om, and hitting that low E. Right. And I, I remember I thought that was the baddest thing in high school, and I was so I was happy to uh, to steal it for this song. Nice. That's cool. I dig it. Yeah. I remember listening to it. I'm like, this this is so weird. And then not realizing the title until I got to the bridge. I'm like, oh, it's Caravan. I, yeah. And then I you're see. like, click. No. no, I'm just no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, who did that feature? Or who, who's featured on the record? Well, uh, Mr. Ian Tordella is the sax player on it. Finally, some uh, some conflict of interest that isn't me on this show. Yeah. And um, Peter Sprague is the guitar player on it. And uh, Charlie Weller's a drummer. Nice. Uh, who Charlie is also the drumist on our theme song. So 100% of the drums on today's podcast are recorded by Charlie Weller. That's true. That's cool. And you've got, you feature on a, a few of the other tracks we, that we may get to feature a few other people as well. Yeah. Um, well, Brad Steinway is on the um, Hello Goodbye. And I think that's it. Huh. Another musician. Am I forgetting someone? I think Allison. Yeah. Allison. Allison. Huh? Oh, yes, Hallison is on. The, we're not going to hear that song today. Right, but, but if you yeah. go and listen to the record. That's yeah. right. You yeah. can hear him on B-Samba. And he's playing, what's that instrument called? I can never say it. Wero? Or that's what you call a white He's playing person. a, a weiro. <laughs> I mean, no, he's playing the cuica and the cuica. pandera. The, yeah. The, and yeah. a few other things. All uh, very uh, versatile Brazilian I can't remember. We overdubbed a bunch of things, and then we didn't use all of them. That's true, but I think yeah. we definitely used the cuica. Because I was like, I just love that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the Pandera. Uh, the Pantera? No, the no. Pandera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Pantera. You know, <laughs> yeah. we get some bread and some soup. And I love Pantera. No, never mind. Sorry. Oh, I was thinking of the, the heavy metal Pantera. Right. No, I was too. I was. I went both ways. Sorry. Uh, uh, so where, where and when did you record this album? <sighs> That's a good question. I think it was like 2013. Huh. Um at the studio near state, I forget it, but the, um, you know, the studio gave us a great deal. What was the name of the studio you recommend? Audio Design. Yeah. Audio. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Chris Hobson is the engineer. And, oh, he's and, great. He's, yeah. he's done and recording on, uh, on a few things I've been involved with. He's incredible. Yeah, he did a great job. Did you rehearse beforehand or did you sort of work it out in the studio? Um, there was a lot of rehearsing because um, I definitely was not comfortable over some of the odd time things. Um, but kind of great story about Peter Sprague is he, you know, we only rehearsed with him kind of once or twice before the recording. So I gave him the, the material a couple of weeks ahead of time. He's just give me a chance to, to shed it. And I kind of thought, oh boy, like, but man, he came in and nailed it. And not only that, he like added things. If you hear on Sunchant, he kind of added some harmonies and things to it. So he did an amazing job, really. He, he's an incredible local guitar player. Yeah. yeah. I think on national scene, you know, he's oh, yeah. incredible. He tours a lot. He's a great engineer himself. Yeah. Uh, I know he's, he tours a bunch with Diane Reeves. I think, didn't he do all those Chick Corea, officially licensed Chick Corea transcriptions back in the day? Yeah, he did do some of them for... Hal Leonard or something. Yeah, yeah. but I also yeah, recently is. found out he also did like I think he did a Sonny Rollins. He might have done a Charlie Parker. He's done like four or five. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, he has a cool book of yeah. Charlie Parker transcriptions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's uh he's also a phenomenally like nice, kind, really cool mm -hmm. human being yeah. too. In addition to being insanely talented yeah. and he with the biggest ears. So on this on this record, what's the significance of the title, the excluded middle? I think the excluded middle is a like pretty 
like mainstream like philosophy concept or something but um my friend josh may told me i forget when he he had used it in something and uh you know i think it's uh you know if you look at if you look at things a lot of times people like to say it's this or that well what if it's if there's not you know if you're if you're gonna put things in into two categories then what happens when it doesn't fit into the other it's that kind of that sweet spot where it's like uh maybe subconscious and things are happening you're being more creative yeah. but i could be that's what it means to me i might have it totally wrong in terms of what it's supposed to mean in like philosophy You're, the quote from uh that i, that I got from uh i think it's from you wrote, wrote it on the album somewhere uh we often define things by what they are and are not a binary approach in the unnameable undefinable the excluded middle the excluded middle is where music can happen yeah i Probably, you know, if I thought a little bit more about how I wanted to describe it, I probably would have said that. Right. Instead of whatever other mumbling I said. You might have said that. I don't know if that's quotes <laughs> by you or by somebody else. No, Sorry. that's 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 just me. Okay, I like that. Sorry, yeah. I, I kind of garbled it a little bit, but yeah. Of it, course, if I had read more Jincy Willett by uh, this point, I probably would have had better liner yes. notes. Yes. Full disclosure, <laughs> my I think my I think it's safe to say that my mother is your favorite author. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not putting words in your mouth when I say that, mind you. I'm, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, uh, I mean, as I get my wallet out. Right <laughs> yeah. Now, but, yeah. No pay to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did you write all the compositions on this record? Um, no, half of them are original compositions. I think like four or five. And then there's, I think, three or four. Okay. There's two Wayne Shorter tunes. Um, we do So In Love, which is a Cole Porter tune. Uh, and we do an Ornette tune called... Um, Angel song. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's a great tune. And then don't forget, you also had, we did The Backbone. Oh, yeah. And we got to talk about him before it's over, the Butch Warren. Yeah. Uh, it's an original tune. I think it's on Go. It's one of those yeah, early on, records. It's on Dexter Gordon Go. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's 1962 such a or something. But so good. Since we, we both grew up in DC yeah. area, and Butch Warren was, I mean, he was like one of my idols. You know, you go and see him play and be like, what is this guy doing? But yeah, absolutely. I wanted to put that that tune on there because I, I love the tune. And I know we can't, I don't know if, <laughs> well, there. I heard some lyrics to it, which I'll have to tell you guys later. It's probably like people aren't supposed to know about. Ah. But I heard him, him and the piano player singing it once at the One Step Down in Georgetown. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. But um. I mean, people don't know who Butch Warren was. He's, uh, you know, if you look at all the Blue Note records, he was the house bass player for Blue Note for like five, seven years. He's on a bunch of amazing records. And then he kind of fell off the main scene, but he is still around D.C. And I've just he's probably single handedly one of the biggest influences on me, not because um, I only listened to him. I mean, there are a lot of bass players I liked before him, but I got to see him live play his bass, play my bass. Huh. And he's one of those kind of more, I want to say, along the lines of maybe like a Leroy Vinegar or Oscar Pettifer, where like there's not a lot of dig a doom doom doom. He's just playing quarter notes and it sounds so freaking good that you're just like, how is that possible? And it's like a Damascus yeah. experience. You're like, wow. Especially if you're <laughs> a bass player. You're like, I just tried doing the same thing and I was not getting that feel, but he's doing it and I'm watching him from like five feet away. So you know it's like this. It's this intangible thing. You it's can't not know. just yeah. the notes. Yeah, yeah, there's feel is this really is this really powerful thing that some people have and some people don't. You can yeah. play the same notes as the other guy, but it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, it, it was just like an in-your-face example of that. Like you can't ignore it. Like wow, yeah. I was just playing my bass and he's playing the same instrument with the same drummer, the same piano player, and everything. And it's like and it, it sounds amazing. Wow. What uh, is he still around? Or he passed uh, two or three years ago. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I remember, or I have one record, a Monk thing. It's I think it's a live Thelonious Monk record, and he plays on there at least one solo that's just a walking solo. And I've seen him live too, do walk just a walking line for his solo. Yeah, and that's kind of a little bit of a lost art because yeah. guys used to do that, just play a walking solo, and it was so just it was killer, all pocket and yeah, it's like all you're hearing all the right stuff. Yeah, so and. But in a certain way, because I think about now, it's like doing a walking solo now, it's just like, hmm, it's a big matzo ball to hang out there. You're like, oh, I'm going to play, you know, I'm going to play something profound and simple at the same time right now. Watch me. 
probably why it's hard. Yeah, me. it's hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I I I did. I almost stopped listening at the phrase. It's a big matzo ball to hang out there. That's that was a great line. That was that was that was. Unfortunately, a, it's from Seinfeld. Oh well, still still a great line. Yeah. So half the tunes are your original compositions, and half are uh, are other people's. And about also half the record is quartet with Peter Sprague, but the other half is sans guitar, yes. and it's a saxophone trio. What made you want to divide it up like that? What's the benefits of the? Uh, not taking it personally, being a chordal instrument guy, but what what do you feel are the benefits of mixing that? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot. You know, the bass takes on a different role when there's when there's no harmony above it. Like you have a lot of freedom. I I love it. I think it's a great thing. I love playing with piano players. Also, you know, it's just a different vibe. But I really like that for especially if you're you know maybe I think it gives more freedom where the bass player to kind of drive the harmony, you know? So like that works great when you're like, I think that Ornette tune we did without any chords and it really opens up this like place for the bass to kind of, you know, play what you want or define the harmony as opposed to kind of worrying about being in sync. That's very cool. Yeah. You, you hear the harmony from the melodic standpoint and where it relates to the bass rather than just it being spelled out by a guitar or a piano. And yeah, it's exactly. A, that's why there's, there's the saxophone trio was such an iconic uh, instrumentation. Yeah. You know, going back to, I mean, Sully Rollins did a bunch. And, and yeah, the chordless trio thing is, yeah. is, 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 is great. Well, then we got to have our cake and eat it too, yeah. having Peter on the record. So yeah. Yeah, it worked out. I think that that aspect, I was a little bit like, uh, but it worked out really well. I think we recorded with Peter the first day, and then he was done. And then we went back the next day and finished with the trio. Uh, so where can people find this record? You can contact me uh, through benwbass.com if you want a physical copy, or just come to my gig or something like that. But otherwise, you can buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, it's, I think... I should probably know this. Benwaniker.bandcamp. Also, if you go to benwbass.com, it'll take you right to Bandcamp where you can purchase the record. Speaking of gigs, uh, you've started or kind of restarted your underground jam session, monthly underground jam session. Uh, where does the Where's that at? That is at, um, it's a co-working spot in downtown at the corner of 7th and J called Union Co-working. And we just play in the main room there. Huh. And that's kind of the concept of the the underground jam session is like it's it it's always taking place at like it's not a club it's not going to be like a dizzies or something like right. that but like a kind of like a space where you might not expect to find music and it's great um, well we had the first one and uh, it was really fun and yeah. it was kind of a crazy really live room but like. People were listening, and it was more like playing a concert rather than like playing at Croce's or something. Uh, when does it happen? Well, it happens once a month. Uh, the next one's going to be March 23rd. Cool. And you can, you know, find out about that on benwbase.com <laughs> or find me on Facebook. Uh, yeah, Facebook, it's under Monthly Underground, right? Or yes. Monthly Underground. I have a Facebook session. group, which other musicians, pro tip, like if you get people in a group, you can then send out a mass invite. Ah. But this is the crazy thing, and not to speculate about weirdness with Facebook, but you can invite people to a group against their will. I didn't know this. I can just yeah. like start a group and just add you to it. I know. I've which just that. doesn't make any sense to me, but that's the way it is. So if you're in the monthly underground group and you're pissed off about it, I'm sorry. I've been, added, I've been added to a bunch of real estate groups. I'm like, I'm not a real estate agent, not an estate agent. I just keep your options open. Um, does the house band uh, change for? Yeah, each absolutely. One? It's just every month's different. Do you have kind of a theme when you pick like the house set, or is it just like these are some cool tunes we could do? It's like usually songs that I want to play, you know, pretty selfishly. But sometimes we feature people. I think like one time we had Peter do it, and we just did all music. Like he sent the music. Yeah. I know um, one time we had uh, Jonathan Courant do it Jonathan, too. Jonathan, that was kind of similar. So there's not a definite like set format. I will say that the one thing I think about that session that sets it apart is that it is a session that is puts the audience members first and the musicians second, um, which is why it's Friday night 
and it's kind of during gigging hours and stuff like that unfortunately and but it's, it's downtown too that well the location is just kind of like you know any place it's it was tough to find a place um and those people are awesome and we're so lucky to have them um involved but um yeah it's just in terms of it like um you know making sure it's accessible that there's you see and i also am not advertising it even as a jam session so like definitely musicians are welcome to come but it's yeah. kind of like on the dl it's not like oh where's the sign up list and that type of stuff it's a word of mouth kind of a thing exactly is there a cover charge there is there's a ten dollar cover charge but the musicians if you're coming to sit in and participate there's no cover okay. but please don't come to the door and just say i'm a musician to get in for free right right <laughs> Yeah, I went down to the first one, and it, it's a really cool room, the new space. It's like a big open. It still has a where it kind of still has the warehouse loft vibe of the original underground at at the old third space. Um, but you had Hugo Suarez and Duncan Moore, and it was a great session. And like you were saying, it's it's not just a musician hang. it's it's for everybody. It's like a community thing, and there are so many people there in the audience that that were not musicians so it mm. that makes it more fun for everybody for people who are playing yeah. and for the audience um yeah i mean i think it's you know most people play enough gigs where we're in the background that it's nice to have a listening audience right. but also just in terms of practicality like sessions that gear around musicians don't tend to last very long <laughs> Like musicians aren't going to spend enough money at a place or pay a cover or whatever. And I don't think they should, but right. you know, that those sessions don't always last as long if you're not, if you're not, I'm not saying those are better or worse. It's yeah. just by the nature of, of what it is. You need to have an audience. You got to bring in yeah. everyone or like the Rosie O'Grady's Monday session. It's just a cool hang and yeah. people love to go to that bar. It's not necessarily like I'm going to a jazz right. session to play my hot licks or whatever. It's I'm more go just see like my a friends. casual. Yeah. I'm going to go see my friends and drink a couple beers and play some music and hang out. Yeah. I've actually gone to the Rosie O'Grady session the past two Mondays after like not going for like a year or something terrible. And yeah, it's a great, just like local, local hang. And it's just kind of just, you know, at a bar. It's a fun time. I've been doing that pretty much every week. And it's a nice, <laughs> it's I pretty much every week unless I'm out of town. I'm there. In fact, yes, every week unless I'm out of town or have a, Happen to have a Monday gig. I'm there. It's really fun. I, I really like that. But I, I hope to check out the next one on uh, your underground session on the 23rd of March. That's correct. Cool. I 8 p.m. I was pulling that out of my head and suddenly doubting myself, which is why that sounded funny. But yes. <laughs> so let's uh, get into another tune from the record. This next one is called Sun Chant. But could you give us a little intro for this one? Sure. This is definitely a, a couple tunes on the record. I was just like, I'm really not comfortable in odd time signatures that are like atypical. So this one, people play in seven. There's kind of like a way to divide it up, divide it up in between four and three, which seems very comfortable to me, probably because I've heard it more. So this one, I specifically set out to write a tune where it's uh, three and four division. Yeah, it's like um, it's like three, three, four, four, or six and eight, depending on how you want to think about it. Uh, oh no, I'm talking about the Sun Chant one. Yeah, no, is, I, oh no, you're. Yeah. I'm talking about Sun Chant. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's a. I mean, that's there's the interesting of, uh, thing. People, in I think yeah. when we were rehearsing, we were all saying, oh, "I think of it like this." Huh. I think of it like this. But I, I to me, I, I would just like to get comfortable in these where I'm not even thinking about claves and stuff. And a lot of the musicians I really admire, um, they kind of play that way across the bar lines and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them, I've read or, or heard them say, like, write songs, hmm. like. So that was my, that was my goal here, and just quick funny little story. I, I took a lesson with Mark Drescher because I was specifically struggling with these odd time signatures. Local, great local. Uh, yes. Well, just upright bass um, institution. Yeah, exactly. He is an institution. <laughs> very into the extended techniques of the bass too. Yeah, I mean, very well known on the international bass scene. Avant-garde music that. in general. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's just great bass player all around in my opinion but so i told him i was like i've written some songs and i can't play over them and he said welcome to my world uh, <laughs> yeah that you'll, you'll we'll hear a cool little intro by you and then also keep your ears open for there's a cool like solo handoff in the middle of this one where i think ian you're soloing and then peter comes in and then you're you're kind of both going back and forth for a bit before Peter takes over. Was that, I just want to ask, was that an intentional thing or it just sort of happened accidentally and then you just kind of rode with it? It's really cool. 
No, we we kind of we kind of planned that instead of just having like you know this like you start your solar year, year that they both be blowing over a section together. Right. It's like yeah, they're, they're yeah. It's a really cool thing. Keep your ears open for that.
I'm saxophonist Robert Dove, and this is San Diego Sessions, San Diego's number one jazz podcast. And everybody knows what that sound is. It's time for our new segment, Talking Over a Bass Solo, featuring our guest bassist, Ben Wanaker. What's up, Ben? Have you been in the water lately? Yes, uh, right before I came down here. As a matter of fact, they uh, closed off the stairs at North Garbage because something fell, but everybody's just walking what? over the edge, and you can't even see really what happened down there. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. North like Garbage? A piece, a piece of the concrete fell? Yeah, you can't. It's basically when we're walking back up the stairs, you can see that a corner of like one of the landings is just sticking out into space now. <laughs> so it's a little frightening, but you know, who wants to go somewhere else and then have to paddle all the way there better to risk your life with the stairs oh, uh, oh yeah really safe yeah. oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about that's pretty it's it's pretty safe <laughs> ed what kind of board have you been riding lately yeah i've only i've only tried to ride one board about 13 years ago it was a 10 foot something i don't know that's actually good to start on the oh, 10 yeah. footer i had the board i had which i randomly won my grad night in high school was a six foot one which was really hard to <laughs> oh to, you I, won a surf <laughs> yeah, I won a surfboard. Yeah, randomly, like 13, 14 years ago. I gave it away. It's nice. in a. It has has a better home now. Yeah. So how's your new longboard working out? It's sweet. Is um custom. You know, I should plug them. Um, it's six shapes. Um, S I K. I know. S I K. Yeah. But the board is sick. It's so good. The guy who made it basically lives in Obi and surfs there all the time. I saw him at. I saw the board maker. He was out there today. Whoa. At the at the cliffs. And um, yeah, it's a great board. I love it. If you're looking for a custom longboard, six shapes. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. I'm Mac Layton, and here's your jazz forecast for March 12th through the 18th. Monday, March 12th, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, 21 and up. Tuesday, March 13th, Jazz 88 presents Jazz Live with vocalist Sasha Boutros at the Seville Theater on the City College campus, paying tribute to the great women singers and songwriters in jazz. Music begins at 8 p.m. If you're a Jazz 88 member, you can reserve up to two free tickets online. If not, you can call 619-388-3301 and order tickets or tune in from home on 88.3 FM. The Havana Jam, an Afro-Cuban and Latin jam session, kicks off downtown from 8 p.m. to midnight at Prohibition. Wednesday, March 14th, flutist and friend of the podcast Lori Bell brings her group Trio de Janeiro to the Rancho Bernardo Library, featuring guitarist Ron Satterfield and percussionist Tommy Eros. The group will perform a mix of high-energy, Brazilian-tinged, original compositions, and folk music from 6.15 to 7.30. Check it out. Trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come early to see the Young Lions play from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Thursday, March 15th. Saxophonist Rob Dove and his trio continue their residency at Panama 66 from 6 to 8 p.m. And the coolest gig of the week, my group, ML Trio, plays at Cuyamaca College, featuring Ian Buss on tenor sax and Isaac Crow on drums. We start at 7.30, cover is $8, $5 if you're a student or senior. Just across town, there's a late-night jam session at the Ken Club, hosted by saxophonists Robert Dove and Ian Buss. Music from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. $5 cover, but musicians get in for free. You must be 21 or older. Friday, March 16th, pianist Irving Flores brings his Danson Jazz Trio to the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover, and your parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Flutist Rebecca Kleinman brings her group to Panama 66 from 7 to 9 p.m. for some Brazilian jams. Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate in the lobby bar of the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. 
The Ed Kornhauser Organ Trio plays late night at 7 grand from 10.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. Saturday, March 17th. Drummer and trumpeter Charlie Weller is joined by pianist Ed Kornhauser in the lobby of the U.S. Grand Hotel from 5.15 to 7.45. Pianist Irving Flores plays solo at Maritalia Ristorante on Coronado from 5.30 to 8.30. Flutist Holly Hoffman brings her group to Beret Southern Bistro at 7 p.m. Brazilense plays at Dizzy's at 8 p.m., featuring Ian Fakini on guitar and vocals, Natalie Cressman on trombone and vocals, Rebecca Kleiman on flute and vocals, and Julian Cantellum on drums, guitar, and vocals. Cover is $15. Allison Adams Tucker is joined by guitarist Jimmy Patton and Enrique Platas for her weekly engagement at the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. The Crew d'Etat Brass Band plays some New Orleans jazz at 7 grand at 10.30 p.m. No cover, but you must be 21 or older. Sunday, March 18th, pianist Irving Flores is at Maritalia Ristorante once more for jazz brunch with singer Alexa Joy starting at noon. Later, Irving will be playing solo from 5.30 to 8.30. Tim Felton and crew host their monthly funk jam at Panama 66 in Balboa Park from 6 to 8 p.m. with house amps, percussion, a drum set, and keyboard. Check out Sundays in the Park on Facebook to see a song list and sign up. Over at Dizzy's, Danish singer Sina Eeg is joined by guitarist Peter Sprague's trio, featuring bassist Gunnar Biggs and drummer Charlie Weller. Music kicks off at 8 p.m., covers $20. I'm Mac Layton, and you're listening to San Diego Sessions. And we're back here at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company for your weekly installment of San Diego Sessions. Again, we're here with bass, bassist Ben Wanaker, and we heard Sunchant, <laughs> basser, um, bassist. We heard Sunchant, and then shortly after that, we heard a tune called Hey Dude under the jazz calendar. <laughs> so, uh, should I talk about the Hey Dude? <laughs> Oh, Ed's taking a picture oh, of me, yeah, and I'm oh, yeah, holding up my copy of the writing wait, class. Your face for one sec. There we go. Yeah, what's what's the inspiration behind Perfect. behind <laughs> Hey Dude? Well, that was one of the first songs I wrote when I moved to California almost 20 years ago. And if I don't think the writing class was written then, no, it was not. It was not. No. But had it been, and had I read it, I would have had great liner notes or at least an introduction for Hey Dude. Um, my favorite author, Jincy Willett, describes this in the writing class. This is a quote from her book. The writing class. The writing class. Once again, let me reiterate, this woman this, is my mother. This is also Ed Kornhauser's mother. Um, and it, that is why I first read uh, Jenny and the Jaws of Life. But I was so blown away by that book that, you know, I don't even care that she's your mother anymore. Okay. <laughs> that, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, so, Mom. For instance, she loved the music in the various inflections of dude, from its use as a noun of direct address to the expression of complex thoughts, from hey you to what the hell do you do that for to that was seriously cool to so sorry you just screwed up your entire life. So, like, I think I'm with the first variety. Hey you, hey dude, that's what the song is. But it could easily have been like, hey, dude, like, what the hell did you do that for? Or that was seriously cool, dude, to so sorry you just screwed up your entire life, dude. I mean, that I could hear the inflections when I wrote it. So well done. You had the, the vision, the ESP, that maybe the song inspired the book. <laughs> the tail no. is wagging the dog. I, I just think I, you know... That's part of the reason that I love her books is just she usually is just uh, putting perfect descriptions of things that like if I was, you know, smarter or, or, or whatever, had a better vocabulary or whatever, I'd be able to express. I, feel the, I mean, I felt the same way, you know, for the past 31 years. <laughs> There's one other quote in here, oh which I just think is, 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 the, is the brilliant thing. I don't know why I remember this one. It's about your the, dog, Alphonse. Oh, or, which is a bit of trivia. I mean, Alphonse is a basset hound, and Alphonse is fictional, but he's very much based off the basset that we had as a kid named Koa. Yes. Who was a great, great dog. Great dog. But this is brilliant. I think pet owners will 
get this. She's talking about how she would tempt Alphonse with a donut. And she said, Alphonse wasn't really that gullible. Like Pascal, he had decided that faith and good outcome was on the whole the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, coming up next, we have our usual segment, the San Diego 7. But it's a little bit unusual today. Uh, Normally, uh, I write seven questions for you to uh, answer. Uh, But uh, today, uh, we had a guest write the San Diego 7 and perform them. So... uh, I think it'll be pretty clear who that guest is in a minute. Why don't we uh, Why don't we kick it off? All right, here we go. This is the San Diego 7. These are seven rapid-fire questions we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Question number one. Which do you enjoy more, performing or recording? Performing. Performing. By the way, in case that wasn't abundantly clear, that would be Jincy Willow. That's, That's my mom. I, I've never heard her voice, actually. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny because it's uh, it's funny to hear it through the speakers. I was, it's like the same thing when I hear my voice through the speakers. I don't think that sounds like me. And I don't There's think that sounds like her. There's probably a Jincy Willett quote describing just better what you're right. trying to okay. say right oh, yeah. now about hearing people's voices or what you expect or your own voice. We just have to find it. All right. Shall we get the question two? Question number two. Do you ever dream about music? Um, yes. Do you dream about like, <laughs> do you dream you about like cre- creating music or just dream about oh. like gigs you had that were terrible or? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, God, you know, it's like, you know, apparently like you, you can't read during your dreams or. Um, maybe oh, I can't play during my dreams, but I have I have trouble playing when I'm conscious. Also, so <laughs> I think be, we all have that problem. There yeah. might be a deeper issue. Sometimes I dream that I'm playing piano or I'm like directing a band, but then oh. I'm hearing the music from the band. But that's so that music, music must be in my head. Yeah, yeah, I've had dreams like that too, where I've like been creating music. I clearly am in my head because I'm hearing mm. it. All right, I, here we go with number three. Number three. What is your favorite herb? Hmm. Oh, um, probably going to go with dill. Huh. I actually use it quite a bit, surprisingly. Nice. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Sorry. I got to go back and say rosemary. Okay. Am I kidding? You're not going to go with the sticky icky? Uh, well, I mean. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, if you're looking at holistic, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. But if we're just talking about food. Okay. No, I know. I know that was the intention <laughs> of that, of that question, but I just wanted to get that in there. All right. Number four. You are a musician on the Titanic. What is the last number you play? I can think of so many good answers yeah, right now. The last song before that's before lights out. Do I get to call it? Yeah. You get okay, to call it. You know what? Instead of answering this question, I'm gonna tell you a joke. Okay. <laughs> um the band on the Titanic, you know, they they hit the iceberg and the band leader says, We're going up on deck to keep morale up. So he's playing, and the bass player, you know, is playing. Dum, 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 dum. The water is up to his knees. Dum, dum, dum. Water is up to his or her waist. Dum, dum, dum. The water is up to their neck. The bass player says, "Screw it, I'm going to play in four. Bum, ba, dum. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that joke before. That's a good one, and I like your gender inclusion. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Jinzy. To, to quote, uh, to quote a very good friend and bassist, uh, Mackenzie Layton. Uh, women, children, and rhythm section first. <laughs> so if I were the musician, last musician on the Titanic, the last number would have been an issue. I'd be off of that thing. <laughs> number five, this versus that. Niels Henning Orsted Peterson or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. Um, See, she's been, taking some, yeah. she's been taking, some, taking some lessons from you in terms of like, some really hard yeah. ones. Oh, you didn't feed her that question. No, Ed. I did. I fed her none of these. None of these. I'm gonna Absolutely go with none. Neil. I'm gonna shock you and go with a non-bass player, I just because uh, I think like most of the time I'd probably have more fun talking, hanging out with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, I admit, I kind of would think that would. That too. I mean, he's he's just so you know enjoyable. Plus, he's uh he's alive. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Plus, he's still alive. Well, but this is hypothetical, right, anyways, true. right? This is true. This is true. Number six, this versus that. Jaco Pastorius or Louis Pasteur? 
Uh, I'm going to say Jocko. Yeah. I f- hate dairy. Oh, sorry. I curse. <laughs> I Dairy doesn't agree with me. <laughs> it's not Pasteur's fault either. He was doing everything he could, but I'm still going to have to go with Jocko. Right. Fair play. I'm, I'm with you, to be honest. And finally, number seven, bacon. No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. We've been, we've been <laughs> That's the uh, stock number seven question. For we've been every, on such a show. strong bacon run. Oh, of course. Everybody loves to talk about like bacon, foodie this, foodie that. You know what? F- bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Here's the thing. I'll leave that in. Can we leave I'll that in and beep it? it? Yeah, that's sure. great. That's a great, that's a great yeah. swear to leave in. And keep it out of my beer, vodka, potatoes, waffles, whatever. Okay, like, I'm with you on that because... Yeah. Uh, Cause I like I like bacon as it, bacon beer sounds horrible. I once had bacon <clears throat> infused vodka. It tasted like a I imagine a diaper would taste. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> no, that sounds awful. Not I, a clean diaper either. <laughs> I like a regular. I like regular bacon. Regular bacon, I'm on. But everything else sounds horrible. I mean, I understand people's like love of bacon. I get it. I'm just you know I've had enough. I mean, not, I've, I haven't had enough bacon. I just don't, I don't get it. So I'm like, whatever, keep it to yourself. <laughs> right on. Well, that was, uh, that ends our great bacon streak here on San Diego yes. Sessions and the San Diego 7. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ben. And also thank you to my mom, Jincy Willett, for writing and recording those questions. That was, yes. that was cool. Yeah. That was a cool treat. She came up with good ones. I didn't, I didn't feed her anything. I'm deeply honored. I, she, she does listen, so I think she definitely yeah. took some cues from you, Ian. <laughs> So again, that was uh, San Diego 7. And uh, just to remind our listeners one more time, you can catch our guest Ben Wanaker at the monthly underground jazz jam session. And that's on March 23rd. And you can find out more at benwbass.com or on Facebook. Speaking about finding out more, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at San Diego Sessions. Uh, you can look up San Diego Sessions on iTunes. Uh, give us a subscription if you're digging it. And uh, leave us a, re- a review if you're really digging it. Also, you could follow us on the Instagrams at San Diego Sessions Podcast. Or if you're curious about being a guest on the podcast, email us at sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have some grievances, just mm-hmm. email us directly instead of leaving us a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> That, that way, everybody wins. You still get to say your mean things, and nobody gets hurt. We'll post it grievan- on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If you have any grievances, just show up at Ed's apartment. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Luckily, no one knows. No one can find where I live. I'm hidden. Well, we're going to take it out with one more tune, and, and this is the one that, that featured our friend Brad Steinway mm-hmm. on the trumpet, or flugelhorn. Um, this is called Hello, Goodbye, Hello which is a Billy Pilgrim quote. And Billy Pilgrim is a character from Kurt Vonnegut's um, Slaughterhouse-Five. I believe it's his, his last words, which he says in the middle of the book. Well, his, or his first. It really depends. The Tremalfadorians understand it. We're right. just looking at it from the outside. We have no idea what's going on. That, the book has one of my favorite quotes of all time in it, which is, Billy Pilgrim, I think I says his full name, but it's like Billy was drunk on time travel and morphine. <laughs> that book's chock full of good quotes. Just like Jenny and the Jaws of Life. Cool. Well, we're going to get into that tune. And Ben, again, thank you so much for coming on San Diego Sessions. And you've been a wonderful guest. And we will see you on March 23rd at the Underground Jam. See you then. Thanks for having me. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you.
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. <laughs>